All right. What we all need to know is being brought to us by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. The first thing you need to know is that Andy Kamenetsky is in today for Shidano. Shidano. The next thing you need to know is that Shidano is going to be on the air here tonight at 630 calling game two of the doubleheader tonight of the play-in tournament. So those are two things you need to know. And here's Lindsay Baseball. All right, Cappy. So... Listen to this. Residents of Metropolitan L.A. and the Inland Empire don't get very high marks when it comes to neighborly love. Uh, a recent census survey, I had to make sure I said that right, a recent census survey uh, shows that Metro L.A. Um, and the Riverside area have some of the lowest rates of volunteerism among the nation's largest cities. The data is based on two things, formal volunteering, like belonging to an organization, and informal helping, defined as exchanging favors with a neighbor. Riverside ranked dead last in formal volunteering, with just 9% of people saying that they belong to an organization that helps others. That is uh, pretty low. Um, L.A. was third from the bottom, with 41% of the population saying that they exchanged favors with neighbors during the survey period, and Riverside was at 44.2%. So apparently people in L.A. and Riverside aren't really uh, big on helping their neighbors. Wow. Let me disappointing. Say, let me say this. One love, I.E. One um. love. One love, I.E. Yeah, one love. Yeah. Um, okay, let me, let me jump into this. Andy, I got to tell you something, ma'am. I did not grow up volunteering. Like my family, my dad was trying to make a living. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm the guy that couldn't get the cheeseburger at McDonald's. I had to have the hamburger because it was 49 cents versus 39 cents. There really was no volunteering for organizations, you know? You wanted organizations to volunteer for you, like on your behalf. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like I, I didn't grow up volunteering, you know? Um, and then I went to college, and I'm playing ball in college, and... It was a big initiative that you had to, you know, do volunteer work. You know, they wanted you to do that. So we would go to the children's hospital across the street from the stadium. And, you know, not that anybody knew who we were. They were the, hey, the football players are here. And we walk in and try and make these kids. And that's, I mean, I learned volunteering in college. I didn't know it as a kid. How about you? Um, I did some in high school, uh, that organization, Habitat for Humanity. Aww. Um, I, I helped out with that, <laughs> with building out. Why did that get no, involved? No, I'm like, huh? Oh, like, oh, that's so cute. That's, well, it's so nice. I mean, it, it's very nice, sweet of yes. you. Okay. Um, it, I, I thought you were. Thrown. Oh, no, no. I didn't think it was shade thrown. I, I thought maybe you were picturing like 16 year old me trying to use a hammer or something yes, like that. Okay, <laughs> oh, I that feel so hand. bad that's, for that's you. That's adorable. He would probably be so in over his head. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know how to use a hammer, this guy. Well, it's true, actually. I. The, <laughs> so I was right. I, I helped. In that I, I think my job eventually became go carry that stuff over there, then carry that stuff mm, over there, the manager. then like hold a board or whatever. Don't actually do anything. Like I, I was a theater major in college and part of being a theater ma uh, major meant you have to do uh, stagecraft, which is like, you know, the constructions of sets, learning all the backstage stuff. It's not like witchcraft. I, I was told <laughs> by a teacher uh, that was there for, I don't know, like 40 or 50 years that I was the worst stagecraft student he'd ever seen. Really? He was like, have you... What a compliment. Yeah, he was... He, seriously, I mean, in a lot of ways, it is impressive. Like, it's... He had been there for decades. And, you know, he had taught overseas. Like, he had taught at this prestigious wow. uh, Edinburgh Festival. He's like, you are the worst I have ever seen. Wow. wow. That is that is high praise. But I did. But I was there, though. I put in the time with Habitat for Humanity. I, I recently volunteered for a great organization called Food on Foot. Mm -hmm. That oh. helps uh, 
helps getting homeless people both food and also opportunities after they meet up with them, trying to help them get their lives moving forward and into a better place. So food on foot, I'll give them a shout out. Yeah, shout out to them. I am a big fan of volunteering at the animal rescues. Um, Yes. I worked with an animal rescue here called Karma, Karma Rescue. They're a fantastic organization and raise a lot of money for them uh, back when I worked at NFL Network. And when I was younger, I spent a lot of time hanging out with and donating to the animals in uh, my hometown's shelter. I'll give another uh, great shelter. I'll give uh, another shelter out in L.A. a shout out. It's where we got one of our dogs. They're called Best Friends. Oh, yeah. I love Best Friends. Best Friends are fantastic. They're They're really good. If you're looking to get a dog or a cat, do not go to a breeder. Go to a shelter. Adopt, uh, don't shop. Adopt, exactly. Laura, do you want to uh, send a shout out <laughs> to any uh, charitable organizations? So, or? so I, ha- I had two comments on what Lindsay talked about. So I've been volunteering since I was in high school. I was in Mecha and they did a lot of volunteer uh, work. Yes, aw. But um, I also think that because I worked for a nonprofit organization in the IE and a lot of people would not put they would want to volunteer in LA. Like they didn't want to say like the IE for whatever reason, even if they lived in the IE, like they would want to do something in LA because it, it's more, uh, I don't want to say it has more like for them. It was like, Oh, it had more notoriety, you know, to be in LA because that's the issue that the nonprofit had when I was working there. It's like, nobody wants to help the IE. It's like LA, LA, LA because the money's there. Right. So I think that has a lot to do with it. The fact that people in L.A. don't help their neighbors. It's so busy. People are busy. So they don't really know their neighbors. I mean, I lived in an apartment complex and I didn't meet anybody. It was like, whatever. Well, well that's why you when Lindsay, I mean? when she started this whole thing, it's like, you know, L.A. and Riverside or I.E. doesn't, you know, do a lot of volunteer yeah, this work. Is, this is this is actually people that are self-reporting this information. Yeah. According no, to the I'm, census, I'm too. Just, I'm just saying, like, a lot of times that's what it is. As far as like me. I did a lot of uh, work with like uh, Boys and Girls Club. Um, I did, um, there was a, a, unfortunately she's no longer here, but Josefa Salinas used to have a, a, like a nonprofit that she used to work with. There was like predominantly like Latin and and, and, uh, black young ladies and just kind of empowering them. So we did that. And then um, also (sighs) the AIDS walk. I used to volunteer at the AIDS Walk a That's lot. cool. Yeah. yeah, since we're shouting out organizations, uh, let me shout out my people at the Challenge Athletes Foundation. been working with these guys for nearly 20 years. And uh, we help people get back to life using sport. So, you know, people may have been in overseas and, and may have been in the military, and they come back and they've got all kinds of issues. Could be mental, could be physical. Uh, and, and other people that have, you know, physical deformities. But getting them back into the game of life through sports, that's what we do at CAF. So, all right, there you go. Volunteering. Kathy, right. can Aren't I we just, all uh, great people? Can I just shout my friends? Like, can you not? Like, why didn't you say the organization you used to work for? <laughs> yeah, what is the it? The nonprofit. So it's it's a Spanish name. It's called Unidos por la Música, United by Music, and they basically put benefit concerts through music and like mainly um, high profile Spanish artists. But then all the proceeds would go back into the IE. There you go. How about that? All right. Well, good. Hey, good for us. We're we're nice people, Andy. We yeah. Try. Except going back to the original question. Uh, with neighbors and stuff like i would help my neighbors if i thought my neighbors needed help i like i actually recently gifted one of our neighbors uh, we had we had like an eight foot trampoline that does not really work in the backyard of the place that we recently moved into mm-hmm. and it was difficult to get the trampoline 
somewhere else because I don't know how to disassemble it. Like it's a, <laughs> leg- a, right, a you hammer just, things for Habitat for Humanity. Right, exactly. We've discussed I can't do this, and it's a legitimately difficult thing to disassemble. And one of our neighbors has small kids, and I gave them our trampoline, helped them walk it up to his house. So that was nice. But was the nice truth is, I often avoid my neighbors. And I think a lot of people do, too. Yeah, I do. I, I'm a bad neighbor, I'll be honest. Um, I recently uh, received, well, not recently. Actually, this is what makes me a really bad neighbor. Probably about six months ago, I received a piece of mail from my neighbor. I mean, literally right next door. I'm sitting on this on my computer the other day. I'm like, oh, my neighbor's piece of mail that he probably really, really needs. But uh, I've been too lazy to walk over to him and give it to him. <laughs> that tracks. You know, you're probably one of those people where, like, you get you get your next door neighbor's package, and instead of giving it to him, you want to open it because you're curious what's in it. No, I don't. And do then that you tape it up. Se. Like, oops, sorry, open it by accident. <laughs> no, not I don't open it. But I'm kidding. I, yeah. No, but I, I guess what I'm the problem is, and I feel bad about this, is that I haven't walked over to this guy and delivered it to him. And, and if I'm being honest, the reason I don't is because I, I I know he's going to want to talk. Wait, you know what you should do though? <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I don't know what kind of mailbox you have, but it, you, you know that you can just stick stick the piece of mail in the mail slot and just you know, stick it halfway in there, and then again, the mail carrier will do that for I, you. Again, just what a terrible neighbor. Like this guy- No, keep it in like, your own mailbox slot, and the, the post office worker will take it, it for you. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, first of all, I could walk next door. I could drop it on the oh, front door. it's next door. door? Right. Next door. Literally next door. I could throw it over the fence. Yeah, you could. You I, could. I, like, I could, I could lazy, walk yeah. next door and just like leave it and run away. Like, I don't want to talk to anybody. But instead, I'm like too lazy. Like, I, it just, oh, I'm too well, busy. Well, okay, is it laziness or is it anxiety about ending up in the conversation no, with the avoidance. neighbor? It's, it's just, it's like, it's just not a priority for me because what kind of a jerk am I to not just be a nice neighbor? Your mail came to my house. Looks like it could be an important document. I'll just walk it over like a mensch, like a nice, decent human being. But no, instead, I, I have it sitting here for months and I air myself out on the radio. Well, it, if it's important, I'm sure that he has already inquired about receiving a new one. So yeah, maybe so. It could be his car registration info, Cap. Right, I know. And now wow. he's going to get fined just like I did. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost him a lot. You're more. paying bad karma forward right now. Mm. That's right. Hey, um, so Draymond Green says that the Lakers are going to beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Andy Kamenetsky, do you want to hear what Draymond said? Do you, do you have interest in this? Yes, I do. Okay, so uh, Linz, Laura, can you guys play for us? I got gotcha. you. What Draymond says, why the Lakers will win the series over the Grizzlies. This is a tough matchup for Memphis. I expect LeBron to get the tempo of the game where he think they should have the tempo and not just try to get up and down with that young Memphis team. I can't foresee them doing that. AD and Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson will be able to pull AD from the rim. AD doesn't really like to guard three-point shooters, so I think something to watch there is Jaron Jackson trailing into the three. On the flip side, John Morant loves to get to the paint. You got a shot blocker like AD at the rim. You got Jared Vanderbilt mucking stuff up. LeBron's mucking stuff up. The Lakers are absolutely great at guarding the paint with the length that they have on their team. I probably should be careful with giving someone some bulletin board material because this will be our next opponent um, when we go take care of our business. But if you need bulletin board material at this point, then so be it. Um, but I think the Lakers, I think the Lakers will take this series. I think it'll be an upset. Um, won't be easy. It will not be easy, but I think the Lakers may take this series. All right, Andy, why does Draymond Green think the Lakers are going to win this series? Is it really analytical basketball and, and all the things he talked about, AD not wanting to defend the three being pulled out, 
you know, and, and the Lakers mucking things up, like he says, defensively. Is is that is it basketball analysis why Draymond Green is picking the Lakers? Okay, this is what's really fascinating about this. His basketball analysis of the series is actually really good and really accurate, and it reflects how Draymond Green is a high IQ player. However, I don't think he actually believes a word that he says. And the reason why is because he says, I probably shouldn't be saying this because I'm given bulletin board material and that's who we're facing next. Why would they be who you're facing next, the Memphis Grizzlies, if you think the Lakers are actually going to beat them? I think this is about him hating and having this feud with the Memphis Grizzlies. The whole Warriors team has a feud with the Grizzlies. And I think this is about him trying to get into the Grizzlies' heads, but I'm not sure he actually believes what he's saying because, again, why would it be bulletin board material and potentially dangerous for the Warriors in a next series against Memphis if the Lakers are going to beat him anyway? Maybe the bulletin board material is our next opponent. We've got them next, meaning just so everybody knows, we're going to win our first-round series against Sacramento. It. Except he said we'll see those guys next. Right, meaning that we're not, we don't even have to worry about who we're playing in the first round. Hmm. So you think that this is actually throwing more shade at Sacramento? I think he's throwing shade at Sacramento. I think he's throwing shade at the Lakers. Um, I think he's mostly throwing shade at Dylan Brooks. You know, I think he's he's picking the Lakers because of the feud that he has with Dylan or, Brooks. Okay, there's another reason why I think he doesn't totally believe this. Because, again, I think, you know, and Draymond talks a lot. In this particular case, I think he said a little bit too much. I feel like he's advising the Lakers on how to beat the Grizzlies <laughs> because he wants to play the Lakers the next round as opposed to the Grizzlies. Oh, I, or listen. he just wants to see the Grizzlies go down because, again, he hates them. I think you're right, though, about wanting to see the Lakers rather than the Grizzlies. I don't know. that You know. He knows okay, he knows both sides of facing LeBron in a series. He he knows how it comes out on both ends. You know, he's experienced both sides of this, but he probably does not think the Memphis Grizzlies could beat them. All right, stand by. Hold on a second. Hold that thought for one second because coming up before we get to Sedano and this game tonight down in New Orleans, let's relive what happened last night at crypto let's hear how the three biggest plays of the game played out on radio you'll all hear it next this is sedano and cap on 710 espn we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there but if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Andy Kamenetsky is in for Shidano. Shidano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Andy, would you say you're down with OPP? You know me. You uh, know me. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh. Getting a lot of hate on Twitter in the circle of trust because I didn't deliver the mail to my neighbor. Yeah, I saw somebody point out that you aren't interested in your neighbors because you don't see the monetary value in your neighbor. Yeah. It's not really that. I mean, the guy's a doctor, uh, retired. He's always in his uh, driveway practicing karate. <laughs> this 78-year-old guy throwing around nunchucks. You know, I did I did um, say that exact word, phrase, to my nephew yesterday when I was FaceTiming him. I was mm-hmm. like, how did your tournament go? Your karate. And he was like, what? And I was like, oh, never mind. Well, anybody who was raised on Friends <laughs> will pronounce karate karate. That was the Ross Geller karate. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to be a bad neighbor. I mean, high key. I'm well, not, you're not trying not to be a bad neighbor. I'm not trying to be Fugazi. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you are not being fake. Like, this is straight up real. I'm not delivering this guy his mail, even though he is seven feet from me. Yeah. Like, that's as real as it gets in its own right. Been trying to work in Fugazi all day long, man. Fugazi or Fugazi? I don't know. How does it supposed to be pronounced? I've heard both. Oh, really? Because, I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to use new words. I'm trying to use new words all the time, AK. There's that scene in Wolf of Wall Street with DiCaprio and McConaughey, and they're having that high-priced meal, and McConaughey is uh, DiCaprio's mentor about how the Wall Street game works. And uh, McConaughey says, Fugazi, Fugazi, it's a weasel, it's a wazzle. It's fairy dust. Yeah. You can go either way. Well, I'm just trying, trying to work it in. You know, the interns uh, and the young guys and the promotions guys who, uh, who work at the station now, they throw me a word of the day, you know, and they, they kind of challenge me to see if I can work it in. I feel like you just ruined it by telling everyone that, though. No, that's okay. No, I have no issue with that at all. I, I live a very uh, open book sort of a life, Lindsay Baseball. Plus, they're not going to know what word it is. Yeah, right. it's like once you do it after the fact, I guess that, that makes sense. So Fugazi. Fugazi was the word? Yeah, Fugazi is the word of the day. Yeah, I got it in. I got it in. All right, hey, pretty seamlessly. Hey, hey, AK, so last night I was at the game. I think you said you were home watching the game on I TV. Was. Is that right? Yep. So for anybody that didn't hear how it all played out on radio last night, um, John Ireland had a couple of really great calls. The first one I want to play for you is this. So the Lakers are down by three. It's getting late into the game. There's about two minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and LeBron comes up with a big game-tying three, Here's how it sounded last night on 710. Play it. Hachimura on the right elbow. Hands it to LeBron. LeBron guarded by Torian Prince. Three-pointer for the tie. Good! 95-95. Two minutes. Two minutes left. And how about the drama of this play-in game? So, AK, it's, it's 95-95. There's two minutes to go in the game. You know, you, you, you would think that in the two minutes since LeBron ties the game, somebody's bound to score. You would think that. <laughs> you would think it, but no. No, I mean, both of those teams down the stretch, they were just gassed, man. They were absolutely gassed. I think the Lakers were gassed from having played so many games recently. I think the Wolves were gassed because they were missing some key starters and rotation players, and that had caught up to them. Anthony Edwards 
was having a brutal night. I mean, come he, on. Yeah. 0 for 9 from three-point range. He was, And look, to the Lakers' credit, this is the second time in about two weeks that they've held Anthony Edwards to awful nights. Because about two weeks ago, they had that win in Minnesota. And Edwards was, I think, 4 of 16 for like 12 points. So they, they've done a really good job on Edwards. Darvin Ham said after the game that that was a big point of emphasis so I don't think that's a fluke. And Carl Anthony Towns ended up running out of steam, but also in foul trouble. Right, right. I mean, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, he already had five fouls. The Lakers so. did not go at him. It was dry, Cap, this was driving me insane. In, like, if you had followed my Twitter thread, at Cam Brothers, during this game, you would have thought I was on the verge of, like, a <laughs> nervous breakdown. The way I'm just like, I'm like, he has five fouls. Go at him. It's like they were avoid. It's like LeBron and Cat had some gentleman's agreement that they wouldn't foul each other out, and, and therefore they wouldn't, they would not hard drive on each one. Because I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? There's a lot of physical battles last night between LeBron and Cat, by the way. Except the one I wanted right there yeah. when you would yeah. foul him out. Yeah. Although that dive that LeBron took, I was like, I know that he he seemed like he was. What I thought was that he was like conserving for the most part. The whole game, and then the fourth quarter rolled around, and it's like, all right, it's time to turn it on. But then, like, it's like he went to reach for like his jetpack, and like his jetpack wouldn't turn on, and he was like, oh crap, I don't know if I could do. Well, this he had anymore. to do that because he got stripped. Yeah, he, he had to make that dive. Right. I don't know necessary. what happened. I don't know what happened to LeBron, particularly late in the game. But I mean, I mean he was really the, good though, like late in the game. Like I mean, I feel I felt like he got very physical and he got a lot more into it than he he was sleepwalking for the through the first half. Completely. Yeah, but the the inbound passes, the interceptions, the terrible turnover passes. I mean, like literally, I was like, what is going on? What was I don't know what the total number of turnovers were in the game last time for the Lakers, but it had to be somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty. It, well, I LeBron believe it was twenty. Yeah, LeBron and AD between the two of them at ten. And I mean, yes, you're right, but you know, I I feel like they were tired. Like the end of the game, like everyone was tired, like you said. And you know, in the playoffs, you're going to exert a little more than normal. And well, plus, they played a lot of games lately. So so here's the deal. So we played that first one for you, the three pointer that LeBron hits with two minutes to go. Here's what happens now. Nobody has scored. It's 95-95. No one has scored in the final two minutes. LeBron's got the ball, and here's how it played out last night on radio. LeBron makes his move. Seven seconds. LeBron driving to the rim. Gets outside. Schroeder for the win. Good! Dennis Schroeder for three. 1.4 to go. How? How did the Lakers do that? The place is going nuts. Place was going nuts. Place was rocking. Like, I know I haven't seen it in many, many years. Place was rocking last night, and AK. I think everybody thought that was it. It should have been one. There was like one second left. They're up three. Like, how is that not? How is that not the game winner? That felt like the game winner. Right. So obviously, we all know what happens now. Um, Minnesota's going to get one last shot with 1.4 to go. They're going to get the ball in, and now let's turn it over to Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller on TNT, and here's what it sounded like in the last 1.4. Seven seconds on the clock. I'm seeing it in slow motion. You're driving to the back. Yeah, nope. I played the wrong one. Oh, that's all right. That's the post-game interview. There's yeah, Allie funny. LaForce in the post-game interview on TNT. Right, it was a pretty on good setup, you know? Yeah. All right, let us know, Lindsay Baseball. Okay. Now, we here we go. Here we go. All right, here we go. 
Make sure you are not fouling in the act of shooting if you're going to take a foul. Anderson looks for the open man. It's a three off. And it's a foul on Anthony Davis. And Anthony Contesting. Davis. A foul on Anthony Davis on the shot by Connolly in the short corner on a three-point drive. And that means three free throws. And Conley has not been to the line tonight. How about that? Conley not to the line tonight from Kevin Harlan. Knocks down those three and we go to overtime. It was just insane. I mean, because AD, part of the reason he ended up following Schroeder is he got too far. I mean, excuse me, that he followed Conley. Right. Is he got too far away from him, even though there was no need at that point to be protecting the basket. At that point, a two-point basket doesn't hurt you it's just a three so he shouldn't have been far enough away from Conley where he'd have to rush at him and then follow him in the first place it's just it's not something you expect from such a good smart defender as Anthony Davis and and to make matters even worse he had no impact at all on the shot the shot hit the top of the backboard it wasn't even going to be close right and he absolutely hit him on his way down so a legitimate call Oh, yeah. You know? No, but I mean, part was out. Reggie Miller was like, the last thing you want to do now is foul on a shot. It's like he was talking to Anthony right. Davis. Yep, he <laughs> was. Exactly he must have known. He Clairvoyance. <laughs> hey, uh, coming up, Sedano is going to call the next game as part of the second half of the doubleheader tonight, or the plan. So we're going to go to Sedano in New Orleans coming up. And uh, for those of you that stick around with us through 7 p.m., hey, the next 30 minutes, we're going to hear Sedano call an NBA play-in game. So stay tuned for that. AK, great to be with you, man. Fun as always, dude. Yeah, appreciate you big time. And uh, great job, Lindsay. Great job, Laura. Sedano on the call on ESPN National Radio coming up next. We're back tomorrow, and we got more Laker basketball to cover this season. Peace out, everybody.